Welcome to the sermon podcast of Grace Episcopal Church in Newton Corner for Sunday, January 23rd, 2022. I'm the Reverend Rowan Larson, curate for Formation and Mission. Today's sermon is on Paul's first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 12, verses 12 to 31a. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Nell Davenport, some of you may know. Nell Davenport is one of our small parishioners, and she was about three years old when she joined Grace Church. I have never seen anybody love the Eucharist as much as that child. She didn't know the word Eucharist or communion. All she knew was that she got a piece of the body of Christ handed to her at the altar rail every Sunday. So that's what she called it. Pretty much the only thing that could get her to leave the godly playroom or the nursery was telling her she would be late for the body of Christ and would miss it, and she would come running. (laughs) Once during the work time of godly play, in godly play we tell a story and then we have some work where we can interact with the stories in the room or arts and crafts or anything else we feel like. And one Sunday, Nell took out from our miniature cabinet the miniature brass chalice and the miniature brass paten, which was covered in little ripped up pieces of orange construction paper and offered very solemnly to me and to everyone else in the room, the body of Christ. It remains one of my absolute favorite moments in ministry at Grace. We partake in the body of Christ each week during the Eucharist. It's small. It's something we can bring into our body. But there's more. According to Paul, we are individually each the body of Christ, and we are all members of the body of Christ. And with that paradox, I think that the notion of the body of Christ is actually one of the more difficult ideas to wrestle with in the Christian faith. And it's actually something I spend a lot of time thinking about, and not just when I'm preaching on it. It's really hard to imagine how big the body of Christ actually is, especially for me. Scientists have surmised that the number of stable, meaningful interpersonal relationships that one brain can manage is about 150. After you have more, some will start to fall away. Some scientists think the number could be a bit higher, perhaps closer to 300, but most research has shown that 150 is pretty much in the ballpark. And I think, for me, the number of people I can imagine sharing with in the body of Christ as all of its many members is about 150. But it's so much bigger than that. The body of Christ is not just the 230 or so communicants in good standing, a line in our annual meeting report that you'll see next week, who make up the community of Grace Church. It's not just the 1,637,495 baptized active members of the Episcopal Church. Thank you, Google. And it's not just the 250 million Christians in the U.S., or even the 2.6 billion Christians in the world. The body of Christ is all Christians, living and dead, 
who have ever known the saving love of God through baptism in Jesus Christ. That's a lot. I have a hard enough time conceptualizing the size of the body of Christ that I personally feel a part of that I only realized a few days ago that when I agreed to present to a listening session with the executive council of the Episcopal Church, that that was the one the presiding bishop is on. And the head of the House of Deputies and representatives from all of the dioceses across the Episcopal Church in North and South America. And suddenly, what I had agreed to do was much more daunting than it was when I agreed to it. The executive council invited several trans and non-binary clergy people, lay people, and allies to speak to them so that they can listen and understand what it is like to be one of the inferior and less respected members of the body of Christ, as Paul puts it. I'm actually going to be using this passage from 1 Corinthians to frame my 20-minute presentation, explaining basically what all of the terms mean and giving the framework so that the other testimony that follows mine will be able to be understood by everyone, including those for whom it's new information. And it's something that brings me into the body of Christ that is so much bigger than I am in a way that won't feel real, I think, until I am doing it, and even then will not really feel real. But as one of those often seen inferior or less respected members of the church, I'm often called upon to be an example and to be lifted up and heard from and given honor, as Paul says, not that I think I deserve any particular honor, but to make it clear to the body of Christ that people like me are here. Because of this work, I'm giving a presentation to the Episcopal Diocese of Washington on Wednesday next week as part of a panel series on LGBTQ ministry and understanding after last February when the National Cathedral gave the pulpit to a pretty vocal uh, evangelical pastor with not very nice things to say about LGBTQ people. And this is just a short list of the advocacy work in the greater body of Christ that I'm involved in. This is just next week. So there's a more macro body of Christ out there. And there's also the more micro version. At Grace, I know that we can sometimes feel like a body with two left feet or perhaps one broken ankle, as is often the case in my household. <laughs> it's getting better. <laughs> but sometimes it also feels like we're able to dance together beautifully as one body, all of the parts working in unison. And dancing is one of those things you can't do if your whole body's not into it. You need all of your senses, all of your limbs, everything to work together in concert. And one of the things about living in community that is difficult and something I spend a lot of time talking to our kids about is how being a part of the body of Christ and within the context of the community of Grace Church means that we have to practice loving people we don't necessarily like. God doesn't tell us we have to like everybody. God tells us we have to love everybody, and that's different. That's accepting that everybody is a part of that body and has to be a part of that body. 
and given the honor and respect necessary so that the body can dance. Sometimes it feels like if something isn't working that we should just excise that part, cut it out entirely and start over. But that's not how it works. And really that's what most of Paul's letters can be summed up as, telling the early church communities where they have gone wrong in being a community and how they can be better, or praising them when they get it right. It's all for the greater glory of God that we come together on Sundays to receive the body of Christ in communion, to take it into ourselves, to remember that we, made in the image of God, are the body of Christ, God's hands and feet in the world, and that we're part of the body of Christ. Here, in our country, in the world, in this time and place. And since I started with godly play, I'm going to end with godly play. One of the most important parts of the godly play method is asking wondering questions. And since wonder is one of our grace values, I'm going to leave you with some wondering questions to think about this week. I wonder where you see yourself in the body of Christ that is Grace Church, or that is Christians in the US, Episcopalian or not, or even the world. Where do you see yourself? I wonder too, which parts of the body you think need to be given greater honor and lifted up? Which parts of the body are we casting aside as not as important as the others? And I wonder what spiritual gifts, some of which Paul names in this passage in Corinthians, but of which there are many, many others, and honestly making the live stream run is one of them. Thank you, Chris. (laughs) I wonder what spiritual gifts you are able to offer up to the greater body of Christ. Take those wonderings, reflect on them in your heart, and if you'd like to share, I would love to listen. Amen.